Hey guys, welcome back to Quick Take. This is your host, John Sherrod. And just as a reminder, uh, it would mean an awful lot to me if you would take just a moment to go over to the Apple Podcasts app if you're on iOS or into iTunes on your Mac uh, and uh, and just give it a, give the podcast a five-star rating. Um, that uh, really just helps it, you know, rise up in the iTunes algorithm just so that more people can be exposed to it. And uh, that'd be a big help. I'd love to get this out to as many people as possible. Again, I think there's something unique in the Apple podcast space about a podcast that is really trying to be brief and concise. Uh, there's some super long regular Apple podcasts out there and long form podcasting is great, but sometimes you just want something that you can listen to and digest quickly so that you can go about listening to all the other podcasts that are out there. I always, I don't know, some, some weeks I'm able to breeze through my podcast and some weeks I'm struggling to catch up and overlapping into the next week. So, uh, running out of podcast rollover time, as it were. But at any rate, uh, today, one of the things, oh, I would say too, one of the things that I'm uh, trying to do is be a little more regular and consistent with when I put these out. I really want to try to go for two a week and record on Sunday night and Wednesday night. It's Wednesday night as I'm recording this one. And just so that you have a couple things uh, throughout the list the week to listen to and have a better expectation of when to expect a new episode. And of course, um, that might change a little bit as, as Apple events, uh, or, you know, news breaks, that sort of thing. Of course, we're coming up very shortly to Apple's worldwide developers conference. Um, the, the, uh, invites for that to the media went out this week. And so we'll have a lot to talk about as we get even closer to that. And certainly, uh, after the event to kind of sum up and, uh, recap what Apple announced. You know, the last podcast I did was on the topic of Apple's AirPods uh, wireless earbuds versus the Beats X, which, you know, Beats is Apple's subsidiary company, and I've owned both those products. Uh, I, I had the uh, the Beats X for quite a while, but I've only just recently gotten the AirPods. So if you uh, are curious about my take on those, or if you're in the market for a, for a new pair of earbuds and you want to hear, hear uh, some thoughts on both of those, uh, take a listen to that episode. You know, it was interesting. I tried uh, just as an experiment. I used the AirPods to record that episode, and I was a little disappointed that the sound quality wasn't is not as good um, as it is when I am just speaking into the iPhone mic, which is what I typically do. Um, that's kind of what uh, Anchor recommends, and that's part of one of the really appeals of using Anchor to record this podcast because they make it just so quick and easy to do it, and being able to just speak into the iPhone mic helps that, but it does sound a lot better through the iPhone than it does through the AirPods. So that was interesting, but you know, definitely can be done. But, um, in terms of just using them for listening to music and podcast episodes, I'm loving them. Um, they're working out great. Again, the biggest caveat, the biggest downside is what I knew it would be that, uh, when you take them out of your ear, whether you take one out or both, then you got to kind of do something with them. You know, they don't, they're not dangling around your neck like the beat sex were for me. Um, but, uh, but overall really enjoying them and, and I'll probably have some additional thoughts down the road once I've had a little more time with them. But what I wanted to talk about tonight was an interesting thing that just came across, uh, you know, came across my timeline on Twitter. I knew that this was coming up sometime soon, but, but didn't, you know, really knew, know exactly when it was going to happen. But today is really, um, a, a milestone in the history of Mac OS 10. Um, you know, Apple calls it Mac OS now, and they went through that weird phase where they were just calling it OS 10 without the Mac part. But, but, uh, you know, really Mac OS 10 was what it was originally called and was known for, for a long time. And, and even though it's called Mac OS now, it's the same operating system. It wasn't fundamentally changed. They just rebranded it to be more in line with the way they were calling the other OS as iOS, watch OS, TV OS, etc. But, um, 
I'm going to read from this article uh, that Jason Snell wrote at his uh, Apple, his great Apple website, sixcolors.com. Um, he says, here's a bit of numerology for you. Today marks 17 years, one month, and 29 days since Mac OS X 10.0 was released on March 24th, 2001. He continues, that's a strangely odd number, 6,269 days, but it also happens to be the exact length of time between January 24th, 1984, the launch of the original Macintosh, and March 24th, 2001. In other words, today's Mac's second operating system uh, era, powered by Mac OS X, now Mac OS, has been in existence as long as the first era was. Uh, wow, I mean, that's just amazing. Now he continues, now there are plenty of caveats. There was a Mac OS X public beta. Uh, the funeral for um, for the classic Mac OS uh, wasn't held until 2002. Classic mode continued to function within Mac OS 10 until it was removed in Mac OS 10.5 Leopard. Uh, he says, still it's a milestone, and it makes me wonder what comes next for the Mac. And I'll, I'll, I'll continue reading this a little bit, but I just wanted to pause and say, um, that is an amazing milestone, and it's almost hard to believe. You know, I was, uh, I was born in 1981, so... I was way too young to remember the introduction of the first Macintosh, but it was one of those things that, of course, I used uh, Macintoshes some in school. We didn't, we never had them in, in our home. I didn't get my first Mac until 2000. Uh, at that point, you know, it shipped with Mac OS 9. Uh, Mac OS 10 wasn't on sale yet, again, as this says, um, until the next year. Um, but, you know, Apple had, had been talking about Mac OS 10. They had, uh, you know, revealed, you know, the look of what it was going to look like. And Steve Jobs talked about it being lickable, you know, just meaning it was just so, and it is amazing. I mean, it, it might be hard for people who are younger, uh, especially, you know, if so, you know, somebody it's 2018. So somebody born in the year 2000 is an 18 year old. It's just crazy to me that, um, that much time has passed since, uh, you know, since, uh, Mac OS 10 first, first came onto the scene, but, um, uh, it, it, it was quite a stark difference between, uh, when Mac OS 10 came out and the way it looked and just the high quality look it had where things looked like real objects on the screen, just super high, high rendering, um, amazing icon design, just, just incredible. And and it was really something that you couldn't compare to anything that had come before it. It was really groundbreaking that, you know, it, while certainly it inherited some of the Macness, um, you know, of the classic Mac OS, it looked like a next generation product. And of course, nothing on the Windows side uh, looked anything like it. Um, you know, it's, I mean, it's only now that Microsoft Windows is, is starting to really take design of, of an operating system and a user interface seriously. Um, you know, and that was a major thing when Mac OS X debuted. Um, it, it, you know, I, uh, I got that public beta when the public beta came out, um, it was something that, uh, because there was no internet distribution of software in the sense that, you know, now you go into the app store when a new version of Mac OS comes, comes out and you download it and then you install it and you run it. And of course, back in those days, you had to, you had to purchase, um, a copy of it. And, um, you know, a Apple retail stores didn't exist. This was right about the time that Apple opened its first retail store. And, uh, so, uh, you know, I remember when the public beta came out, they had it, uh, you know, you could order it on the Apple website on apple.com and it was, I want to say twenty nine ninety five, and it came on a, on a, on a CD, I think. Uh, I don't think it was a DVD. I think it was a CD at that point. Um, and it came in kind of a, t it wasn't in like a, a small box or, um, a small sleeve. It was kind of a big, uh, almost like a folder, 
and it had uh, the CD inside. And I remember I was in college at the time, and me and two other people, both students, uh, had ordered a copy of this and were running it. And um, you know, it was fascinating. I mean, I think I think a lot of us were chomping at the bit to get our hands on it and try it out because, again, it was so groundbreaking. It was like nothing we'd seen before. Um, and it was amazing to play with. Of course, um, it was almost unusable because, um, you know, it, it just, it, the, the, it was a very sluggish interface at the time. And that got better over time as Apple tuned the operating system and as the hardware in, in the Apple computers um, increased to be able to handle, you know, all that high-end uh, graphics that was in the operating system and things like the way that, uh, it animated, it animated, animated, you know, minimizing windows and bring them up out of the dock and the way the icons in the dock bounce, things we take for granted now were pretty resource taxing back in those days. Um, and you know, crazy things like at first in the public beta, the Apple logo was in the middle of the menu bar instead of over on the, the left side, which it had always been in the classic Mac OS. And of course, uh, fortunately Apple, came to their senses and listened to uh, Apple enthusiasts and they moved it back to where it's supposed to be. Um, and it had a, you know, a little built-in MP3 player um, before Apple purchased SoundJam MP from Cassidy and Green and rebranded it iTunes. Um, and, uh, but it was fun to play with. And it was the kind of thing where you would kind of dual boot and kind of decide whether you wanted to be in, in Mac OS 9, which definitely ran perfectly well and felt familiar and comfortable, but then you could just kind of step back over and boot into the OS 10 public beta. And, um, and that was incredible. And then of course the, the full version of uh, version 10.0 came out, um, as uh, Jason Snell says on March 24th, 2001. And of course I had a copy of that and that was still slow going. And it was still a lot of times out of frustration. I'd boot back into classic Mac OS and, uh, and run that, you know, full speed and, you know, by the time uh, version 10.2 Jaguar, or as Steve Jobs pronounces it, Jaguar came out, um, it was a much more stable operating system with a lot of new features. And then you know, that kept happening. By the time Tiger rolled out in 2005, that was when it really became, you know, something that was as, you know, as performance as the classic Mac OS was. And was they had really baked, you know, at that point, it really brought a lot of uh, great new features into it and it felt like a mature operating system. And from there, it's just been, uh, it was still kind of jumping by leaps and bounds for maybe a couple more releases. And then it's been mostly a more slow, steady evolution into what we have now. Um, you know, now all the way to Mac OS 10.13 High Sierra. So, but it's, it's crazy to me that it's now been as long since Mac OS 10 debuted as it was from the time that the Macintosh operating system first debuted in 1984 to 2001, because it's one of those crazy things about how your brain perceives time. And when you're a when you're a kid, it, it seems like uh, your concept of time, everything is stretched out, and it seems like things take forever, especially when you look back on it. Um, whereas, you know, I think about this with the Star Wars movie because uh, I was born in between The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, so I didn't see any of those original three films in the theater but watch them over and over again on our VHS recordings taped off of TV broadcasts. Um, and, uh, you know, I remember when the Star Wars novels were first starting to become a thing in the early 90s. And then between, it, it just felt like, you know, again, because of the age I was, it felt like from the time that Return of the Jedi came out up until the time that, you know, the Star Wars prequels came out starting in 1999, that just seemed like ages and eons. And, you know, now I look back on, you know, because you think about it, that was... Um, 
you know, what, 16 years, you know, now I think back 16 years and it feels like that's just flown by in a lot of ways. Um, so it's crazy how your perception of time is with these kind of things, because it felt like, and it still feels like to me, like, uh, the classic Mac OS period was this long, you know, period where it was there. And, but really, you know, it wasn't, I mean, things are moving quickly and, uh, but it's crazy to, to, to kind of think of how far uh, Mac OS X has come. You know, going back to this Jason Snell piece, he says, um, he says, and it makes me wonder what comes next for the Mac. He says, I doubt we'll see a seismic transition to a new Mac OS. He says, it's more likely that we will see waves of change that gradually turn what we think of as the Mac into something different, influenced by the success of iOS. Um, and I think he's probably right about that. Um, you know, I think for sure Apple as a company has changed a lot since Mac OS X came out. Um, and, uh, you know, Apple was still Apple computer at that point. And, uh, you know, since the iPhone came out, as we've talked about a whole, you know, many times on this show, that has become definitely the area of focus. And iOS seems like it's had a lot more attention from Apple's developers in the last several years than, uh, the Macintosh has. And part of that's because, uh, the Macintosh was a more mature operate, you know, a more mature product and the Mac OS operating system was a more mature thing. And iOS, went through that period where it was really ramping up and building and now it's a mature product and uh, Mac OS obviously iOS has learned a lot from Mac OS 10 in fact if you go back to the first uh, uh, keynote where Steve Jobs introduced the very first iPhone he talks about how it runs OS 10 of course and, and now you know they call it iOS but it, it is a, a distinct uh, flavor but based on uh, the same underlying things as, as Mac OS 10. And, uh, but also Mac OS 10 has learned a lot from iOS and those two things have shared. And there's some areas where, uh, things look and act a lot the same between the two and some areas where they don't. Um, it's hard for me to imagine that a full complete blending of Mac OS 10 and iOS will come to fruition because, um, Apple seems very committed to keeping touch on iOS and mouse and keyboard, as the primary interface, um, for the Mac. And, and, um, well, I, I don't think you should ever say never. I don't, I, I won't sit here and boldly predict that Apple will never merge the two in that way, but they've been pretty resolute in that, uh, all this time. And so, uh, I, it, it would, it would surprise me if, um, a touchscreen Mac came out, for example. And, uh, you know, the difference between touch targets and mouse pointer targets are very different. Uh, you can have a lot more room on the screen for a mouse pointer based operating system because, you know, the head of a, of a mouse pointer on screen is one pixel versus things have to be very big for you to stab at with your finger in a, in a touch based, uh, operating system. And, um, you know, you lose some advantages, um, that you, you know, if, if you were to switch Mac OS over to a full, for everything over to touch targets, you'd lose some things. You'd lose some precision and the ability to do more things on screen at a time. So it's hard for me to see a, a complete merge, but I think over time we will see more convergence in the way things look and feel between the two operating systems. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens at the Worldwide Developers Conference uh, coming up soon. It's only days away at this point. Um, there's been some signals from Apple that um, they won't do anything radical, not, not any kind of radical redesign of Mac OS or iOS, that this will be more of a, a maintenance uh, release cycle, uh, which is fine. As an IT guy, I don't need Apple to reinvent the wheel every year, you know, and break a bunch of things. I'm, I'm good with more gradual change, but uh, obviously it's always interesting to see what they have in store. And of course, for the other products, tvOS and watchOS as well, uh, always interesting to see what year-over-year changes they have. But I just thought I would take a few minutes to talk about 
uh, Apple hitting a pretty significant milestone with Mac OS X that, that uh, blows my mind and will probably blow your mind as well. Uh, thanks so much. Again, if you want to uh, get in touch with me, you can do that on Twitter. Uh, I'm at JWSherrod. That's S-H-E-R-R-O-D. Um, and again, you can always download the free Anchor app for iOS on your iPhone, and you can record a voice message and send it to me if you have a question or comment that you'd like to hear addressed on the show. And I can do that. Uh, thanks so much for listening, and uh, y'all have a great rest of your week.